like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And it is 2021. This is week number two, and we're going to be talking about 48 hours as we continue with the theme of McTurbo, and that's 80s action films. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, we've been doing this for a few years now, and uh, every month, Corey and I pick a theme, and we pick movies that fit into that theme that one of us, or both, have not seen before. And so, in this case, I'd never seen 48 Hours, and Corey, have you? Um, I, I feel like I probably saw it when I was a kid, but I didn't remember it. I, I kind of thought the same, and I definitely did not see 48 Hours, like, ever. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess not. Um, I was very familiar with the idea of the movie, but I'd never seen it. I, there's a chance I've seen the sequel, um, which we'll mention later. But before we get into our review of 48 Hours, uh, we're going to hop into just kind of how is everything going, and then what we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how you doing? Um, I'm fine. I'm glad that it's Friday and the weekend is upon us. Yes, uh, we we usually uh, record these on Friday nights, and we tonight is a usual night. We're not doing anything different this week. Um, but uh, I usually have I'm coming from somewhere like we uh, my D and D group normally meets, but um, everyone I know had a bad day today. Oh and no, we're all kind of content with just like chilling on our own because. It was just a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on. Coronavirus is still running rampant. Um, and, you know, there was this whole thing in Washington this week that's got everyone on edge and freaked out. Um, so, you know, uh, it's been a week. Um, I guess TGIF maybe at the highest level ever. Like, <laughs> a weekend needed. Yes. But, uh, you know, um people are getting stimulus money still if they haven't got that yet so that's kind of i guess good news for some some really really needed of course so extra good news for those who are uh, were waiting on some kind of financial um support from our government and yeah you know things are uh things are still not great um i i do i've always known that the the changing of a year was kind of really an insignificant thing you know it's just a completion of the earth around the sun, but we've always put so much weight on it. And it wasn't until this year that I was like, yeah, you know what? Changing the year means nothing. Nothing stops happening because the year changed. It's still the right. same world we were in before the one ticked up. And yeah, this, you know, I mean, I even, I, I used it as a uh, restarting to my weight loss. Cause I'm trying to get down 20 more pounds. Um, and I was like, you know, I kind of was slacking off in November and I was like, well, I can really slack off in December because I'll start in January, which I have. But it's still like there was no reason to wait. Could have done that at any time. But, you know, we have this arbitrary att attraction to the new year and it meaning new things. And we really probably need to let that go because I, I think do? we're all pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah. No. One of my friends shared. Um, I think it was it was yesterday. It was like I tried my free seven day subscription of 2021 i would like to cancel please yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I got several memes related to the end. like this year is already over and like uh one of my favorite tiktoks i saw yesterday was the person walking up to one of those signs to say no incidents for six days 
and then like changing the six to a zero because <laughs> uh, things there's been incidents. Um, but yeah, you know it it's that thing. It's just like 2021 didn't fix everything miraculously, nor is it the year's fault either. And I think that's while we, it's fun to make jokes, it is important to note. It's just things are happening. And they operate, you know, I think with anything we've learned, time is meaningless. It is so relative to what you're doing. I mean, we've always kind of known it, but last year, boy, it feels like so many things happened and things that I did like in the middle of the year. I'm like, wait, really? That was last year. Yes. feel like it was a year ago or less than a year ago. I feel I like my, I have really bad concept of time anyway, but like it feels like. I was thinking about albums that were like released last year and it felt like they were released in 2019 or something. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I went, I was like, I did uh, on Instagram. I posted like my five of my favorite albums. And then I I think I missed some that I'd forgotten were from last year. Um, Because I I definitely have uh, recency bias when it comes to music. It's like, what am I most recently into? That's what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and or like again, some songs feel like it was ages ago, and I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Like maybe it was this this past year. But, um, are you going to be doing a uh, best of 2020 album article like you usually do? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> well, shall leave you in suspense, listeners. If you're a fan of Corey's <laughs> reviews of albums, uh, one I think of the few just... things she writes consistently. You, me and our mutual friend are the only people who read it. <laughs> No, I'll I'm just sure text you guys. <laughs> I I uh, I don't usually write music reviews at all. I don't feel like I can articulate why I like stuff. I just like stuff. It's good. Um, Put it on. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but grandson, if you haven't listened to grandson, if you don't know who that is, um, I I hate that he's only 26 because I'm such a fan, and I'm like, wait, he's he's younger than me by 12 years. But okay, I guess. Um, not that you have to listen to people that are older, but it is like when he says things, I'm like, that's a smart point oh he knows things i don't know um but he is a he's a bit political i won't deny that but he's a uh i i'd say that modern music has taken genre and kind of thrown it out the window and just kind of like they do what they want to do it doesn't really like artists don't the artists that i tend to be flying into uh don't seem to care about genre specifically like they're gonna do their thing um and kind of mesh genre together and uh he's so i like he's hip-hop influenced but there's rock and there's uh, all sorts of other stuff going on in his music um and i don't know if you've heard of kayflay but it's k period f-l-a-y i am um big fan of hers and she did this really great cover ep um where it's like it's a real like it's not just hey i'm gonna play these songs i like it's like these are her takes on these songs and she did uh offspring self-esteem Green Day's Brain Stew and Limp Biscuits Break Stuff, which is like a completely different song which she's doing. All, actually, all three of them sound completely different to the originals, um, but they're I, I love the EP. It's super great and can't recommend those two enough. So we don't usually talk music on here, but hey, why not? It's 2021. Who, who knows? Next, next week, we're going to do our first episode of Music Club. I'm still be talking uh, about the latest Taylor Swift album. I'm kidding. It is good though. I I, I like I like uh, folklore Everyone. more, but I do like Same. I do like both. Um, I'm a big fan of both of those. They were on my top five. Uh, big shocker of last year was Machine Gun Kelly's album. 
um, when he dropped a pop punk album with Travis Barker doing the drums for most of the tracks. And I love that album. It's really great. If you like pop punk, if you don't, then it's probably not good. But um, he's he's kind of really popular all of a sudden. Uh, but enough about music. Let's get into what we've been watching. Corey, you want to go first or second this week? Mine's really short. I can go first. All right. Like I said, I don't know what happened to the week. <laughs> Here we are. Um, I've been re-watching Reno 911 a lot. Okay. I love that show. And they're supposed to be having new episodes on Quibi or something, and I just read today that uh, Roku is getting the rights to that stuff or something, so I mean, yes. that's good. Yeah, Quibi died, uh, most likely, it, it would have probably died anyways, but it, it died faster than it probably would have because it it's designed for people commuting. And oh. it, it, I mean, realist, it's no, short content, right? Digestible bites. And um, it's meant to be watched on your phone because it had a changing aspect ratio. So like if you're watching it with your phone vertical, the aspect ratio would change. And if you tilted your phone, it would expand. So like it, it was a, an adaptive aspect ratio. But no one was commuting pretty much right when Quibi dropped because pandemic. And so it, it definitely didn't help the service. Um, plus, it was a lot of money for short content that you can kind of get on YouTube. So um, oh. I'm curious to see if Roku, uh, not to be fair, the exact content isn't on YouTube. But I mean, if you're traveling somewhere, YouTube is free. Quibi was like the same price as Netflix. So I'm going to watch YouTube videos if I only want to watch a five minute video. But uh, they did have a lot of big name people on Quibi. And apparently, yeah, I saw that headline too, that um, Roku is, at, is buying it. And I don't know if that means they're buying the existing content. And they're just going to like rerun it kind of thing. Or if they're buying the rights to the product so that they can make new episodes, maybe make more traditional episodes like 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, I, I didn't go into details yet, but it, it is interesting because those those are interesting artifacts that exist now. Like there's almost remnants of 2020 because it literally came and went in the same year. So. Oh, no. Um, but it was a year that felt like three years. Fair. But thankfully, we didn't age three years. Maybe some of us did. I, and then, um, that's pretty much it. Um, I did want to say, I don't know, my friend sent me the link today. I didn't know this was happening, but you know, I love Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Even as a grown ass person, (laughs) I still will rewatch those sometimes. Um, I love it. And I used to watch it when it was first starting on television, and I think I was in the second or so grade, and that's as close as we're getting to my age. But apparently they're doing a limited series soon, in like February or something, mm. and I'm really excited about it. I mean, they did something last year, because uh, Rafael Casal from Spotting is is one of the, the bad guys, yeah. Oh my god, well, I'm gonna... I can't remember what it was called, but he he plays like a, a, he has like a circus master guy vibe to him. Okay, I think that we might have talked about this. Yeah, definitely have, because I I love Raphael Casal, but I don't, I think that's already come out, if I'm not mistaken. You're probably right. I'll look into that as well. Well, um, is that everything? (laughs) That's it. So, one, uh, I've watched a few things. Um, I watched season two and season three of Cobra Kai. That is the uh, continuation of the Karate Kid um, story. Um, and I love uh, that it exists because of How I Met Your Mother. Um, you know, there's a, an episode where um, Barney kind of casually, jokingly, like not jokingly, but like it's a joke for the, the audience, 
um, talks about Johnny Lawrence being the real karate kid and that Daniel LaRusso is, you know, didn't even know karate. And then um, later in the series, he actually, the actor shows up uh, on this, the show with Ralph Macchio. So there's a, it's a running gag and then it, it, it happens. But um, suddenly a few years back, YouTube, uh, it was YouTube Red at the time. Now it's YouTube Premium, whatever. They started the series. It was the, one of their first like big series on YouTube. And I fortunately had it and watched it. Really liked season one. Never watched season two. Um, I didn't know this until recently, but Netflix got the rights last year, started season three and uh, dropped season three on January 1st. So I was like, well, it's time to watch season two and season three. All three seasons are on Netflix. If you've seen the three Karate Kid movies, it is totally worth watching. It is, it's definitely got some high school cringy stuff going on, but I feel like the original Karate Kids have that too. So I just think it's kind of part of the, you know, the, the whole the experience. Um, but the, the ability to take a movie from so long ago and then give us a series that feels fresh and new and fun is, is crazy. Like it's so well done. Um, and the performances, I actually think, both Johnny Lawrence, I can't, I, I can't think of his name right now, but and Ralph Macchio are really good in the series. Um, and if you're a fan of the old movies, it definitely is uh, given fan service. But also, there's some really great martial arts sequences in the in the series. It's it's really good. Um, so I watched that. Um, I've been watching. Uh, I found out that Good Eats, Good Eats was a show I loved for a long time. It's a um, Alton Brown is the host. It was a Food Network show, and it is like nerd level food information like he goes into extensive detail like history of like why this food exists why it's done this way um i always really enjoyed it and i found out that i guess like two years ago um they did like good eats remixes where alton like basically goes in and like corrects himself like this i said this back in 1999 or in 2001 and i'm wrong and here's like like they like he'll insert himself and like they've re-edited elements and i've been watching that and really enjoying it again because I, I love the old show. I've seen most of these episodes and now that he's like updating things, I'm like, oh, how fascinating! I don't know. I get weirdly nerdy about details, and uh, that's one of those shows. But, um, Corey, have you watched any of the trip movies like the trip, trip to Greece? Uh, that's the newest one, the trip to Italy, trip to Spain. No, so they are so great and just easy watches. Um, all of them are currently on Hulu, but the trip is the first one. And you get, you definitely got to start there, but it's Steve Coogan and Rob uh, Bryden. And they're two British actors. Um, Steve Coogan is arguably a little more successful and definitely much more recognizable. I would say than, than uh, Bryden. Bryden does a lot of voice acting stuff, um, especially here in the States. So he's, uh, he's not quite as recognizable, although he is in things, um, but it's, so they're playing themselves. But it's not a documentary, but it's kind of framed like it is. Like Steve Coogan's been hired by some magazine to go to restaurants on like a little restaurant tour and then re write reviews. And he's bringing Rob Bryden with him. So most of the movie is them sitting at very nice restaurants, eating amazing looking food and then riffing jokes with each other. And it's just hilarious. Um, there is like a narrative plot that kind of ties the travel together. Um, and it, over the four movies, because it starts there in England, and then the second one they go to Spain, I think, and then Italy, and then this the newest one, which came out last year, is a uh, trip to Greece, and it's just it's just a good time. It's an easy watch. Um, highly recommend if you haven't watched them, listeners. Uh, they're they're just fun and entertaining. Um, I then watched Run, uh, which is the 
uh, Anish Shiganti's new movie. He's the director who did Searching a couple years ago, which I really love Searching. Um, Run stars Sarah Paulson, and it's not nearly as good as Searching. It's got a lot of weird, crappy story del- delivery elements, but it's still it's it's entertaining. It's engaging, uh, so it's not one to skip. Um, this amazing documentary that is available to watch on Hulu called The Painter and the Thief. I am telling everyone I can about this movie because I, I was just so, so engaged and so into what was happening. But the simple setup is um, a, an oil painter. She does these amazing paintings and they're pretty large. Like I would say they're like human sized paintings. Uh, she has two of them on display in a gallery in Norway and uh, two guys break in. They steal the canvases. They catch one of the guys, but he was so messed up on drugs when he stole the canvas, does not know what happened to it, has no clue. This is all in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. She, uh, at the trial, approaches him, starts to talk to him. She's a very, uh, very empathetic type person. And while talking to him, she she kind of is skeptical about his story. But um, she asks him, as, like, repayment, if he will let her paint him. And that's kind of where the documentary enters, is, like, these two, the man who stole her painting and her why that painting is significant to her, how their relationship kind of forms from there. It, it's so compelling. It's so interestingly structured as, as a film. I just think everyone needs to watch it. It is a Norwegian film, so there are um, subtitles for certain sequences. However, uh, the two of them often speak English to each other. So you don't have to read a lot of subtitles if you're opposed to that for some reason. Um, I watched a movie called Dark Passage from 1947 that stars Humphrey Bogart and um, uh, I'm going to forget her name, uh, Lauren Bacall. I One of my students had been asking me to watch it for months. I finally did. Um, on Netflix, I watched His House. I'm still trying to work through as many 2020 movies as I can. And um, His House, uh, have you seen that, Corey? Mm-hmm. I think you would like it. It is a very interesting horror film. Um, there's some really cool visuals in it. Um, I think I have it in my list. It sounds familiar. It would not surprise me. It's gotten a lot of buzz uh, in the horror community from what I'm vibing. And just looking at Letterboxd, most of the people um, who I follow have given it three or higher stars. And I, I Matt and I both gave it four and a half stars. So oh. um, if that means anything. And Matt's a little more into horror than I am. But I, I do like horror. I just don't always click with the mainstream re- reaction to it. But I was very into this movie. Um, then I watched 48 hours and just tonight I watched on, uh, I used canopy thanks to my local library. Um, and I watched a film called Baccarat. Uh, it is a Brazilian film. It's, it's technically a 2019 film, but it was officially released in the States in 2020. So that's why I was checking it off my list. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's really interesting. Um, it's it's got definitely like a western, almost a magnificent seven seven samurai type story embedded in it, and there's other stuff going on, and it's it's unique. I still don't I don't think I understood it completely, um, but I was definitely hooked, and I I was uh, not able to turn away, which is good because it was it's a little long, it's just over two hours, but it definitely I'm glad it's one I checked out for 2020, um, as I try to to uh work my way through it and finalize my kind of top five list 
I am a jerk. I totally forgot, probably because it was unnecessary, but um, it's a Netflix original. Were you done? I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm done. Okay, I watched, I did watch one movie. Um, it's called The Call, and I believe it might be Korean. Um, and I didn't realize that it was pretty much, it's a remake of the movie I really like called The Caller that we've talked about before. Um, we bought, we've purchased it because I like it so much, but it was, they made this movie 30 minutes longer Mm. and I just don't really understand why. (laughs) And I feel like, I don't know, you know how I feel about remakes anyway. That yeah. you need to be doing something to make it better. But, I mean, if you haven't seen The Caller, maybe you might like it and check it out on Netflix. But, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think I pulled it up um, on Letterboxd. It's from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got pretty good reviews on my, again, the people I follow on Letterboxd. Uh, three, three and a half or higher, it seems. Well, three or higher. But, um, I, have, I don't think did i watch the other one or do, do we just have access to it um oh, i think that we just have access to it i've watched it yeah. um a few times at least two or three times um i'm forgetting uh steven moyer from like true blood is the biggest actor in it i can't remember the name of the actress right now but i i do like the cast it's a very small cast in both movies but i just feel like the the original's creepier somehow i get that sometimes that just works out um like i i advocate that the more the remake of poltergeist is very good and many people hate it and i i like sam rockwell a lot so i'm definitely biased for that reason but i don't think it's better mind you i do think it's much more economical with its time and there is a mm-hmm. part of the original poltergeist that drives me crazy because they stay in the house too long um like it's like no you leave now you don't stay again you're not like oh it's fine um which they they remedy in the the newer version they don't do the what i what i feel is like a dumb horror movie trope of like oh it's okay oh no it wasn't okay it's like yeah that's like the horror movies if your dog won't go in the house like yeah why am i forgetting the name of that movie i freaking love it uh oh jesus why am i forgetting has lily Taylor in it and they have five daughters and they moved to that house the conjuring ah yes I knew it was a C on the top of my you know on the tip of my tongue but yeah exactly if your dog won't go in the house and you don't go in the house yeah that's that seems pretty logical I feel like that's fair you gotta be skeptical of stuff like that well um that's what we've been watching aside from the movie that we're going to be talking about momentarily Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to our review of 48 Hours. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. And we are back. Um, 48 Hours is from 1982, the year that I was thrust into this world 
to change everything and talk about movies incessantly until people were annoyed. Um, so I did not see this in theaters because I was a baby. And it would not have been appropriate to bring me to this particular film. Uh, although that would not have necessarily stopped my mother. Uh, it is, um, of course, rated R. A hard-nosed cop reluctantly teams up with a wisecracking criminal temporarily paroled to him in order to track down a killer. I have always thought of 48 Hours as an Eddie Murphy movie. And it's really a Nick Nolte movie um, with Eddie Murphy playing a co-star. Uh, it's directed by Walter Hill, who uh, directed several other big action movies, including... Um, oh, hold on. He's also produced a lot of movies. Um, including... Well, I thought there was one that I was really... Okay, another 48 Hours. Um, Last Man Standing, which is one of the few Bruce Willis films I've not seen. Uh, it's like a Western style. He directed one episode of Deadwood, which a lot of people like. Um, oh, and The Warriors. That was the... I knew he had another big movie that I was not getting. Um, I've never seen The Warriors. <laughs> but that's it's been on my, my radar for a long time. And I know lines from it because they've mimicked it on many different shows. You know, But... So, 48 Hours, as I've already said, stars Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy, Annette O'Toole, Frank McRae, James Remar, uh, who we know as the dad from Dexter. You've never watched Dexter. I, I always forget that. You have watched Dexter. Yeah. I thought you wouldn't watch it because of Six Feet Under. That's what... No, it was weird for me because I watched Dexter first. Oh, okay. Okay. Then, man, I really mixed up the details. Um, okay, so, well, James Remar is Dexter's dad. Ah, I, um, I was like, I knew him from somewhere, but I couldn't yeah. place it because he's such a baby in this. Yes, and he's in tons of movies. I didn't realize how many things I'd seen him in um, until I was like, I'm looking at him in this. I'm like, that guy looks real familiar. And then I'm looking at his credits. I'm like, well, I've seen all these movies. <laughs> and then I got to Dexter. I'm like, oh, that's where I know him from. That's the that's the key for me, um, for sure. Uh, but um, 48 Hours, uh, again, a movie I, I thought I was super familiar with. I wasn't. I definitely have seen Beverly Hills Cop um, a few times, but I had not seen 48 Hours. Um, but uh, I picked this one. Um, I actually had picked it up from Walmart not long ago. I think I got a two-pack. I think I got both 48 Hours and another 48 Hours on DVD. Um, and usually Walmart's, uh, because Walmart owns Vudu, if you buy a DVD, you usually get the digital copy included. So I was like all about it. And I think I paid like five bucks for it. So I was super like, all right, good deal. Yeah. Um, and Corey picked this theme um, of 80s action films. So I was like, this is perfect time to give this one a watch finally. Um, it's not as action packed as I consider action films to be. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have, an, I think, maybe an overly uh, aggressive <laughs> version of action movies in my head. When I think okay. action, like I kind of want. What happened? I was like Michael Bay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like I mean, because one, I I love I love martial art films, so I think that's where I I usually like fight sequences. And if a movie doesn't have any really good fight sequences or really good, um, really memorable car chases, I tend to not think of them as action films. Um, I I, I definitely would lean this one more towards crime. Um, there is some action in it, and there is actually I do like the fight between the two guys. Um, which I probably, I guess technically that's a spoiler, but whatever. Um, it's a pretty old movie, guys. Uh, but um, I, I like Nick Nolte a lot in this. Uh, I My first experience with Nick Nolte was watching Blue Chips as a kid. Um, I loved basketball, 
and I love the Orlando Magic. And Blue Chip stars Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal when they're like right just starting to join the Magic. Um, and Nick Nolte's the coach. And I, I, that was my first like real memory of him as a kid. And so I, I've always kind of liked Nick Nolte. He does get gruffer as time goes by. He's gruff here, but he gets more gruff and a little insane as time went on. Um, you know, he's got some legendary kind of crazy stories. Uh, not quite Gary Busey level, but those two guys are definitely uh, names that people confuse sometimes. Um, but I like him in this. Uh, and I, I didn't read as much of a, I really wanted to do a little more like research or some digging into this, but um, there's some, some racial tension in this movie. Uh, Nick Nolte's character uses several racial slurs, um, including the N-word, in, in direction towards Eddie Murphy's character. But there's a really good payoff for that later that kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say it redeems it, but it definitely makes this movie a little ahead of its time um, as far as it being a little progressive and at the same time still severely behind in its time because the the issues the issue of racism should have ended a long time ago and and it obviously obviously has not um and so yeah in parts of it especially the day i watched this was wednesday um oh. yeah it didn't it wasn't the right it was i wasn't in the right state of mind for a cop treating a convict who is black bad i was like ah this feels wrong yet what I think helped me afterwards was I found an article that I, I didn't get to read the whole thing. I read part of it and it was, but the argument was being made very clearly of how, um, despite those things, it, it's the movie handles it much more tactfully than it, than it might even initially feel while you're watching it. And I, I agreed with what I was reading in the article and I'm going to go back to that at some point, um, and finish reading it. But I was, it's been, it's been a hectic couple of days. But uh, overall, I'm positive on it. I wouldn't say I loved it. Um, it's not one that I feel like I would be rushing back to watch again. I wasn't. I wasn't blown away by any of the scenes. I wasn't laughing hysterically. But I did. I did find the uh, the performances to be solid and the relationship between the guys compelling. Um, and I almost think it would have fit in next month's theme of bromance. Same. Even. Um, um, but what what do you think? Uh, obviously, a few steps up from uh, last week's pick. <laughs> um. I yeah, it was some of that stuff was hard to hear. Um mm. but yes, agree. And I mean, I my dad loved Eddie Murphy when I was a kid. So we he was often watching them. Good old VHS it used to cost $30 back in the day, which was really expensive. It's fine. Um and I feel like I haven't gone back and watched any Eddie Murphy movies. You yeah. know, and yeah. I probably should. Um, and I've rewatched Coming to America uh, I several times. Need to rewatch it. Um, I definitely remember that one, Arsenio Hall, right? Mm -hmm. The sequel comes out in a couple months. Yeah, I can't remember what that's going to be on. I think it's Prime. Oh, nice. Um, I mean it, that's a little more accessible for people, but then it's Amazon. Um, yeah, so. I, I liked being a, I liked seeing Eddie Murphy so young, <laughs> you know, and I thought he mm -hmm. was funny. And I can't yeah. really remember a lot of stuff with Nick Nolte that I've watched off the top of my head. 
I was like trying to look through his filmography, but yeah. So much more positive than last week. For sure. Um, interesting note, though, if you uh, listeners missed the Red Dawn episode, maybe you hadn't seen Red Dawn before. Voodoo has it on sale this weekend for five bucks. And I was like, you jerks. Um, but not that I want to buy it now because I don't plan on rewatching right. Red Dawn anytime soon. But um, I, I, I actually would rewatch 48 Hours. Um, but it's not one that I'm like, again, drawn to go like, oh, I really want to see that that chase again or I want to see that fight sequence again or um but I do think the performance is good. Like back in the day when like TV movies, well, not TV movies, but when you were watching TV, like movies on TV, mm-hmm. um, this would be one that if it was on, I would totally just leave it on kind of thing. Oh my gosh. Was it TBS or TNT or something? Yeah. TBS, TNT. Um, and there's now there's other channels. I just don't have basic cable anymore usually. And um, I'm normally if I'm throwing something on in the background, it's just like a simple sitcom or whatever. But um, yeah. Uh, 48 hours we're gonna get into spoilers guys from here on out we're gonna talk about this movie in great detail you have been warned so um the the quote and this is technically like that to me saves a lot of the racism stuff is um late in the movie they're at a bar and nick nolte's doing i think nick nolte does this really good job of being kind of like coy all of a sudden because he's so gruff and he's so mean and all of a sudden he's kind of like hey hey you know i'm i'm sorry like he's trying to apologize and i really like the performance he gives there it's just it's 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 so real and and yet yeah it's completely not who he's shown us but he's showing the side and he apologizes for saying the slurs and says um it's basically that it's part of the job and um eddie murphy like counters one that the fact that he's saying like it's what's expected of me to do because i'm a cop is really big from 1982 you know and then murphy's just like yeah well you know sometimes it's blah blah blah. like he doesn't he doesn't forgive him but he also doesn't like condemn him like there's they're clearly friends at that point in the movie and um i believed it i bought into the friendship i mean it really Eddie Murphy's character from the introduction of him singing, um, (laughs) I can't remember. Is he singing Roxanne? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Love that part. Um, and pretty much from the the second he gets, cause the movie's a little slow until he gets there. Like it, or slow is wrong. Cause like people die and stuff, but I think it's a little, it's very serious and it's very, very like dark. And then Murphy comes in and adds a little bit of humor. It's not a comedy, you know, like, it's not like Lethal Weapon where it's, like, zany or over the top. Even though the first Lethal Weapon's a little darker, too, than, like, Lethal Weapon 2. And then especially, like, 3 and 4 go much more into the comedy. Um, this one, like, Murphy's there to lighten it a little bit, but he does get some serious stuff. Like, the whole him chasing women and stuff is is pretty 80s. Like, it, it just doesn't, it did not age well with, like... Even like even the slang he uses for chasing, yeah. I'm like I don't I've never heard that mm. uh, that that word used that way before. But all right, um, and there uh, you know. But overall, I mean, there's not I, the, the movie's 92 minutes. Like it's it's pretty trim and to the point. There's not a lot of plot. Uh, yeah. It, which is it, right that's i think part of the reason why it's solid 
um when they fight though the fight's pretty brutal between the two of them like they really kick each other's butts i thought he was gonna wiggle his tooth out or something and then i was gonna be done with it (laughs) he's all in front of the mirror (laughs) and stuff i like when the the cops show up though and nolte's like i'm a cop (laughs) every time what yeah yeah it happens a lot where like they're he's is being uh, a suspect because he is he he's one of those traditional movie cops where he doesn't quite follow the rules you know it was very 80s cliche like he's the lone wolf and he doesn't get along with his partners and then the movie we're watching he'll finally find a partner who clicks with him and in this case it's not even a cop he's a convict what how does that work um but it does it works quite well um uh, the plot's kind of like a little, you know, not great. Like the movie starts, we actually meet the villains first. Um, with, uh, an interesting prison break that reminded me of Oh Brother Where Art Thou, um, where Gans, that's James Remar's character, is rescued by I think, um, is it Billy Bear? Is the the character that yeah. is called Indian? Um, which you know that's that's always not great. Uh, but Oh gosh, um, Tonto! I can't even remember everything that was thrown around. Yeah, oh yeah, there's a lot of little slurs in this movie. Um, but the, the I thought the prison break scene was pretty interesting. Uh, very again, people a lot of people die in this movie. People are getting shot frequently, um, not excessively, mind you. It's not an over the top kill count, but there, if if uh, Gans or Gans Gans is Gans uh, is around anybody, there's a good chance someone's gonna die. Um. But the prison break scene is really solid, but then Gans is, uh, I didn't quite follow the, the money connection that, like, Eddie Murphy's character, Reggie, has money stashed in a car, and I guess he worked with Gans and Luther? Is that, am I following that? Yeah, but I don't understand, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, was he in, did, did, like, was Gans and Reggie in jail for the same thing? Like, that, that definitely didn't click for me i and i i don't um i don't feel like i wasn't paying attention and again it was pretty short although again it was a it was wednesday and it wednesday was a, a very very crazy day so there's a chance that my brain was just like yeah whatever man it's fine um i'm gonna look on wikipedia and see if i can fit you know kind of suss that out um so they the, the guys flee they take they go to get um some women they go to a hotel and then two cops are investigating and they get shot um fortunately for nick nolte's character they had made him stay downstairs otherwise he too would have been uh blindsided by these criminals um jack waits downstairs algen and blah blah police station issues jack a new pistol which was weird um the whole interaction with him because he kind of is it's kind of his fault um not it's not his fault but things go wrong all right so here they get a lead on billy's old girlfriend but this uh also leads nowhere as the girlfriend says she threw billy out reggie confesses that he gans billy bear luther and wong um had robbed a drug dealer of five hundred thousand dollars some years earlier and that that money was and remained stashed in the trunk of reggie's car in a downtown parking garage um, instead of splitting the cash, Gans and Re- Gans sold Reggie out, ah, resulting in his incarceration. So Reggie's in jail because of Gans. Uh, it was also the reason why Gans and Billy took Luther's girlfriend Rosalie 
they wanted Luther to get Reggie's money in exchange for her safe return. So that's what I missed was that little detail. Of why I knew Reggie wanted to get Gans, but I didn't fully understand their relationship. But there it is. How have they not gotten the money in the two and a half years that he's been in prison then? Well, Gans was in jail too, remember? Cause he, oh, yeah, he, he got jailbreak. Yeah. Yeah, I so I don't know right. if maybe he got like a lighter sentence or something. Yeah. Take it and then run away. If he knew where but, it was. Yeah, and they were all, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because he was, he was loyal to Reggie. Oh, fair. Because that was like Reggie said, like Luther wouldn't turn on him, but Reggie doesn't know that Luther's girlfriend is, is being held captive. I don't think during those early scenes, um, so like Luther's trying to save his woman, so you kind of kind of see Luther's trying to be loyal to Reggie, but also like I don't want I don't want her to die. So yeah. and clearly Gans will kill. That that is shown repeatedly. He's not afraid to kill people. So um yeah, I don't have it much else. Uh so I think that's we're gonna just have a little shorter episode. Like forty eight hours. It's it's swift and to the point. Yeah. Unless you got anything else you want to comment on or talk about. The only thing that I was going to say is that I think the reason why I don't feel compelled to watch it again, really, at least not anytime soon, is it doesn't really leave me thinking about anything. And I think proof of this episode, right? We have almost nothing to say. Um, It was fine. uh, Again, performance was fine. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very serviceable. I went looking for like analysis or something like to like give me something deep here and there's like nothing um and again because it, it is it's again it's a well-constructed movie with some good performances um it is eddie murphy's debut um i watched a few minutes of like an old interview with him like kind of talking about it not his like debut he was on saturday night live but like in this role and he was getting like questioned like well you're you're more of a comedian why are you doing a like a crime movie and he's like hey you know I, i'm i'm I think I can act. I think I'm doing pretty well. I think he does. I think he's great in the movie. And I, I am, an, I would say I'm an Eddie Murphy fan. I haven't watched um, Dolomite is my name, which was his like comeback movie from a couple of years ago um, that I heard was really, really good. And that is on Netflix. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to watch coming to America too, or I think it's coming to number two America. Um, I'm apprehensive about it because it, it was in the works for a long time. But hopefully they they nailed it because the first one is is so enjoyable. I, I have there's so many moments in that movie that I still think about. Um, but that is our review of Forty Eight Hours. Um, I would totally say this is a decent watch. Um, easy, like I, I would. I don't feel like it's worthy of the not quite golden rating, but it's definitely leaning in the positive right direction, way. not yeah. the negative. I'm gonna agree. Um, next week though, oh man. <laughs> uh i got to i told kathy last night in fact while we were uh getting dinner or not last night, i guess it was the night before that um that we were watching top gun and that uh you'd never seen it um because to be fair i had not seen it until a couple of years ago and i watched it with kathy because kathy loves top gun and it, this is a good year for you to watch it because we're getting top gun maverick probably this year uh we were supposed to get it last summer got pushed back because of COVID like everything else. Um, but as of now, we're supposed to get it. I don't remember if that is a Warner brothers film. Cause if it is, we're, we're getting it on oh. HBO max, but, um, but top gun from 1986, 
uh, directed by Tony Scott, stars Tom Cruise, of course, Tim Robbins, Kelly McGillis, more importantly, Val Kilmer. Um, Tom Skerritt shows up here, Michael Ironside, who's always in a, any kind of military movie in the 80s, basically. Um, and uh, Anthony Edwards, who is not early listed, but is super important. And also really young Meg Ryan in this movie. Um, and like a very low level like like character. She's barely in it, but she has a couple of big moments. Um, it's interesting because it has a 50 meta score, but a 6.9 IMDb user score. Um, but it's a movie that I had not seen, but when I was watching this a couple of years ago, I realized one of my friends quoted it all the time and I never knew he was quoting Top Gun. Oh. <laughs> like I, all the, all the time quoting it. Like he would constantly say negative Ghost Rider. Oh. I never knew. I didn't know that was from that. It's from Top Gun, right? I always oh just thought God. it was a Marvel reference. Yeah. So. Um, I think you'll find that you've there's a lot of cultural references from this movie that you've heard your whole life but just did not know is from this. Um, it's it's enjoyable for sure. It's not a perfect movie, but it's definitely very very enjoyable. It's super super patriotic, so we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, so next week on our episode, we'll be talking Top Gun from 1986. Uh, and again, good year because Maverick comes out later this year, and I am a Tom Cruise. Uh, fan you aren't though I think that he's fine as an actor but he's one of those people that it's hard for me to separate the art from the artist yes yeah I get that um he he, he's a troubled individual uh in many ways but we'll be back next week with that in the meantime if you like what we're doing we ask that you take a few minutes rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to this and follow us on social media uh so far our accounts aren't banned forever um so far i'm at burke reviews on twitter instagram and burkereviews.com and Corey at Corey r star two hours on the end and we are so grateful for all of your support over the years we look forward to continuing to make this podcast um stay safe mask up and of course keep watching movies this has been a burke reviews podcast burkereviews.com <laughs>